You're listening to Marketing Tips with Melissa podcast. Welcome to Marketing Tips with Melissa podcast. And now your host, Melissa Jakubovic. Hey, 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 everybody. Today, we're talking about the authenticity formula and why it matters. Now, authenticity is a buzzword that's been pretty much maligned lately, but I believe it's the key to success, especially in your online business. Now, we all know that like attracts like. Being your best self as a person and business owner means that you will attract only the best, most aligned clients and customers, and that authenticity is really the mixture of honesty and vulnerability. So that's the formula. Honesty plus vulnerability equals authenticity. And the vulnerability part, that piece is key. So many social media personalities get the honest part right, but they're still afraid of the vulnerability piece. That's a hard word to say. (laughs) So it's okay to be vulnerable because it will resonate well with your dream customers. And it might get you scared before you hit submit, but once you hit submit, it's like taking everything off your chest. And authenticity works because it's relatable, it builds your brand identity, it gives a human factor to your business, especially important if you're branding your business as you're the face of your business. It's a personal brand. It establishes you as an honest and trustworthy business owner and all around person. And it encourages engagement because people want to reach out to you and relate to your story or share how they have that me too effect where they feel similarly, or they've been in a similar situation before. So recently on Facebook, I took this authenticity formula which is, again, honesty plus vulnerability. And I posted a list of 10 things about me that people probably don't know, or let's say most people on my Facebook and Instagram don't know. And I'm going to tell you these 10 things about me so that you can understand a little bit more of where I come from, how I am, who I am, what I do, why I do, and maybe you can relate. And then I want you to email me or respond back in the bottom of the podcast, wherever you're listening in from, and let me know how we are similar and how we've had you know similar life experiences or maybe something resonates really well with you because I love to connect with my listeners and my subscribers. So I'm going to tell you my list right now. And if you have anything that you want to share back, please, please, please do so. Do not hesitate. So number one, I'm an Israeli folk dancer, and I've been dancing since I was seven years old. My mom is also an Israeli folk dancer. My stepdad is also an Israeli folk dancer, and my two kids are Israeli folk dancers, although they're in a weird stage right now in their age where they don't want me to, you know, force them to go, which I won't. And they they love to do it, but they won't show that they love to do it. It's not cool, you know. But if a song comes on that they love to dance, they jump in the circle and they dance it. And then, you know, we don't make a big deal of it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and you can actually find a lot of my videos of me Israeli folk dancing with some of the famous choreographers from Israel on my folk dance YouTube channel, Rikud, R-I-K-U-D, Atlanta. 
And number two, I'm an online marketing strategist and Facebook ad expert to women coaches, health and wellness entrepreneurs, and service providers. If you are listening to this podcast, you probably know that already. Um, and if you don't, welcome, welcome. We probably haven't, you probably haven't been following me very long if you don't know that about me, but that is exactly what I love to do. It's to encourage other women to get them to reach their highest self with their most divine work so that they can help other people. And I help them fill their programs, make more sales and generate leads using social media. And I'm extremely passionate about that. Number three, I'm yoga obsessed and I just can't get enough. I guess that's what obsessed means, but it's true. I'm also a yoga instructor. I'm 200 hours certified instructor and I love yoga. I love what it does for my mind. I love what it does for my body. I love how it connects my mind and my body. I also love how as a business owner, you know, as an entrepreneur, we have these ups and downs, these peaks and valleys. And sometimes we have tons of clients coming through. Sometimes it's a little bit of a dry spell. And that really affects our mindset. And so what I really love about yoga is that if I'm having a really crappy mindset for a few days, I know I haven't been to yoga in a few days. And that's when I go to the yoga studio as a participant and make sure that I am keeping up with my practice. And I try to go to yoga at least every other day. And then I do yoga in my home as well, sometimes with my kids, sometimes alone. And I do yoga in the park and I do corporate yoga sometimes and I substitute as well. So totally yoga obsessed. And if you're yoga obsessed as well, I'd love to hear more about it. And if you're not sure if yoga is right for you, it is <laughs> plain and simply. It is whether you've done yoga before, you've never done it before. It is good for you. And it's good to get that mindset piece in there with meditation and breathing and just breaking down that you are a real human being. And you might not be able to reach these poses in your first or even your 50th try, or you might not be able to reach what you're trying to achieve in your business on your first or 50th try. And it's really cool to make that correlation and see how those two things come together and really um, if you understand that emotional and mental side of you and that spiritual side of you is really connected to the physical side of you and what you're doing in your day to day, your mind and your thoughts combined. So totally for everybody. Number four, I believe that being happy is the most important thing. And if I'm not happy, I take the time to reevaluate why and I shift accordingly. I'm a Pisces, so I am a very malleable sign. That means I move through life um, differently depending on who's surrounding me or what time of life it is, what time of my life it is, or um, the people who are in my life, the experiences that I'm having in my life, I actually adapt and change. And so it's really hard for me also as an empath to um, separate myself from the world around me and not take on everything. And I'll get to that one in a minute. Um, so it's draining sometimes and it's hard for me to be happy. And then I stop, I, I, I stay alone and I figure out why I'm not happy or what's not working. Maybe it's in my business. Maybe it's in my personal relationships. Maybe it's with my kids. Maybe it's with finances and whatever it is, I stop. I, I take a step back and I look at it like an outsider and I try to shift because being happy is the most important thing. And if I'm not happy, absolutely needs to change. 
Um, Number five, I speak two languages, English and Hebrew, but I've always wanted to learn sign language. I am passionate about it. I haven't found time in my life yet. I'm planning on doing it in the next few years, but throughout my life since I was a child, I have learned lots of vocabulary in sign language, and I'm fascinated by the language. Uh, My mom was a special ed teacher, and she taught the blind, and growing up, a lot of her students were blind and deaf, and so she would bring home these videos to learn sign language language so she could speak to her kids, her students, or maybe their parents or other people in the classroom. And I would watch these videos obsessively. So I know a lot of vocabulary words, but I don't know the grammar yet. And I'm looking forward to learning that sometime soon. Number six, I'm an empath. I kind of mentioned that already, but I feel what you feel. I cry when you cry. I smile when you're happy, but it is exhausting sometimes. And I recharge by being alone. I'm an INFJ on the Mayor Briggs a personality test. So I am an introvert, but I'm the most extroverted introvert that there is. And that really does describe me so well. I could be completely content being alone for 48, 72 hours all by myself, even a week sometimes. I would not run out of things to do or thoughts that are going through my head. I love to recharge that way. I do love being social too, but only in small spurts. And when I hear my friends or even strangers tell me stories, I really do take on their emotions. So my kids always tell me, oh, why are you crying again? Why are you crying again? And it's like, I see someone share a deep story with me and I feel connected to them. Like I feel their soul. And so, yeah, my eyes water and I get very emotional about things when I'm proud, when I'm happy, when I'm sad. It's just a lot of waterworks there. So I'm totally an empath and I'd love to hear if you are too. Number seven, I love arts and crafts, and I used to own an art studio. Back in the day, I was one of the first studios to own the sip and paint type of studios where you bring your own wine and or beer or whatever you want to drink. You can bring your own food, and then there's an instructor who stands up at the front and teaches everyone in the room how to paint the same painting. And I owned a studio for a few years, and it was amazing, and I love arts and crafts. I'm always working on a project. I do handmade gifts for my friends when a big birthday comes up or something like that and I find that to be um, more personal and it's also a great way to let my mind escape into my creativity. Number eight, I wanted 12 kids growing up. Believe it or not, I really wanted 12 kids growing up. I love kids. I still want more kids. I have two amazing boys. They are truly amazing. They're a year and a half apart and they have like my whole entire heart. I would do anything for them. And I feel like I have so much love to give and I want to give it to even more, (laughs) more and more kids and give these boys some siblings. So we'll see what happens with that. But I did want 12 kids growing up and I think kids are our future and they're so special and wonderful. Number nine, I'm extremely intuitive and I predict things all the time. I also have a knack for knowing when someone is pregnant, sometimes before they even know themselves, which really freaks out a lot of people. So I've learned to keep that to myself or just tell one close friend, but I've predicted probably the last nine or 10 pregnancies around me Um, in my family and friends, people I know, I just know very often before they do. Um, And I do predict things almost every day and it's a little bit freaky. Um, for myself, I surprise myself all the time, 
I really freak out people who know me, so sometimes I just keep it to myself, but extremely intuitive. I know how situations are going to plan out. I know when that first parking space is going to be ready outside the front of the grocery store. I know when I invite somebody, if they're going to say yes or no, or if they say no, why they're going to say no, and what they have, like if they have a conflict, what that conflict is. It's very strange. I know when I'm going to get emails um, from certain people. Funny story, there was someone on my team who I haven't spoken to in like, I don't know, 18 years, um, 18 months, excuse me, I haven't spoken to her in 18 months, and I was sitting on my bed one day, and I was thinking, gosh, I wonder what happened to this girl, you know, she used to be on my team a long time ago, I wonder what happened to her, and I'm not kidding you, 20 minutes later, I got a message from her on Facebook, I was like, oh my gosh, the universe hears me, so I'm extremely intuitive, and number 10, I believe in karma and attracting good experiences, now this works both ways, so I also believe that thinking negatively causes negative things to happen, and you can go down a really negative spiral by thinking one negative thought, which creates another negative thought, which creates another negative negative thought and then you're stuck there. So I really encourage you to be proactive in thinking positive thoughts so that you could have positive experiences one after the other after the other. All right, so that's my list that I share with you. And that is me being authentic, honest, and vulnerable. And I encourage you to do the same with your audience. And whether that's an email or posting or whatever it is, be unapologetically you and you will find that you will really, really connect to your subscribers, your audience, your target market, your listeners, and your customers. And that will really help you in your business. All right. I hope this helps and I'll see you next time. If you loved this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review so we can reach more people and share our content with those that can benefit most. And before you go, I want to invite you to join my Social Marketing Academy, where you can master the skills you need to manage and scale your own business or your clients' businesses. This membership will give you all the tools you need to be successful online and teach you how to engage properly with your ideal audience. New courses are constantly being added to the Academy, and you can work through them at your own pace. Check it out now at socialmarketingacademy.org. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tips with Melissa podcast at www.marketingtipswithmelissa.com.